Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey y'all, it's Gravity here, and welcome back to Blurdy Massacre, your favorite podcast for only the best of the black and nerdy. We missed you. We have a great show lined up for y'all tonight, but before we roll into today's chaos, let's intro our hosts. Hello everyone, I'm Brother Ghoulish. I'm the host of Brother Ghoulish's Tomb and Brother Ghoulish's Dragula Breakdown. And like last week, I'm happy to be here again. I I apologize to y'all in advance. <laughs> I, uh, um, I am Sheree the Slayer. I am back again. You can't get rid of me. I am one half of A Nightmare on Fierce Street. I am one eighth of the Alter Tapes, which is an anatomy of a scream. And I'm also writing for Dread, as well as tweeting my own personal shenanigans and thoughts at Miss Sheree on Twitter and Instagram. Oof, y'all stack. I need to get like you. Well, hello, y'all. My name is Zero Gravity. I'm a digital content creator and New York City's spookiest MC. Bow. Mm, that felt good, y'all. That felt therapeutic. I'm feeling yes, like warm tingles all over I my person. I am now. Ooh, get you tingles. <laughs> I've just woken. I've just woken. <laughs> so, what's popping? What's popping? What's going on, y'all? Let's see what's really going down in the horror community right now. What's going on? First thing I want to bring up is this new Haunted Mansion reboot, which I think is kind of like groundbreaking, and I don't see anyone talking about it and i am very confused as to why do y'all have an answer because i don't really know i literally found out when i saw your note on this document that's when i thought about it so like no one's advertising no one's talking about it <laughs> this is confirmed i'm i'm 99.9 percent sure it's confirmed because the sources that i did check were valid sources it wasn't no like you heard it here first or, you know, clickbaity stuff. Um, and this this is a banger right here. And of course, we're in the age of like um, reboots and remakes and everyone wants to like gobble up that nostalgia, all that good stuff. Um, and I'm, so I'm just thinking like it's about time. Yeah. I, think, I think it's about time. I, I don't think there's too much to really fuck up here, if we're being honest. Um but I don't think that the, the original necessarily aged 
badly or anything. Um, but it's just like a good, like, set alone story that could be told again, maybe in a slightly different way. I don't know. I think maybe I'm just here subject to the nostalgia and it's doing its work on me, like, exactly like the man wants it to. Um, but I think it's a fucking phenomenal story and I would really like to see it again. Um, and I think there is also like great potential for like cameo stuff. Um, also for all the theme park heads who I know Haunted Mansion over at Disney is like one of the hottest spots. That's what I'm thinking of. And I don't know why people aren't talking about this, honestly, between the horror community and the um, the Disney fandom as well. I, th I thought this would be like a huge deal, but I guess not. I don't know. What do y'all think? Listen, haunted and mansion are two of my favorite words, so I'm going to be there, and I, I hope that we get more info on it, even though I won't watch the trailers. I hope we get more info, because I want to get excited, like everybody else who should be excited. I have a filthy confession. It's Let's go. Dirt. Oh, it's, no. It's uh -huh, dirty. Right? Um, I have not seen it. Um, is that the one with Eddie Murphy? Is that the one with Eddie Murphy? Yes, it's the one with Eddie. How dare you? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm on the same you page. You call yourself a millennial? What the hell is this? I'm on the edge of... <clears throat> oh, I'm on the edge of being able to breathe, apparently. No, um, I was trying to say... <laughs> I, get. I know, right? It's like a ghost grabbed my throat or something. Like, I don't know what just happened. That was Disney. They heard if, you talking about not seeing their shit. <laughs> they came for you. <laughs> I'll probably watch it tonight. I have Disney Plus and I don't use it. So I could watch is it. Is it tonight. on Disney Plus though? It probably is. Hmm. I might be just reading it. Y'all heard this, it here but first. I think that might be a <laughs> I think that might be one of those that's kind of like lost in limbo. Mm -hmm. But cr fingers crossed that it's on Disney Plus. Great freaking rewatch value. I will say I haven't watched it since I was maybe like 16. But up until then, I, I cannot count the times on my hands that I have watched that movie. Um, it's it's a feel good one, and it's a great entry horror, of course. Um, you know, it's played on TV a lot. I guess so naturally that's where it comes from. If it's on, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I definitely owned the um, the uh, the physical copy as a kid. Um, I don't know. I think it has like crazy cult value, and you know, I I'm a little bit of a theme park head, um, a little bit, and um, you know. Our rides at theme parks, they like come and go very quickly now um, just because we're so bouncing between franchises and what sticks and what doesn't. Uh, but the Haunted Mansion has just stayed forever. I don't know when the last time y'all been to Disney was, um, but that's like a Disney landmark. Uh, but there has not been anything new with the Haunted Mansion, which wow. kind of... So I think this would be a huge deal because this is like multi-fandom... Disney horror heads, you know, cult you know classic. When you said entry horror, it made me wonder, right? Nowadays, what would be like one entry horror that you would like put up? Would it be this for people you feel? Or because I was, I would say Night Books on Netflix. I don't know if you guys saw that, but no. I think that's like really great entry horror. It's relatively new. It came out a few months ago and it's, it's really, really cool. It's about this kid who's literally, um, writing books to save his life because like there's a witch who's like you have to tell me a scary story every single night and if it's bad oh, it's I'm cute. Like, yeah it's 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 cute it's really cool and his best friend's like, like a, a, a girl of color and they're working together to try to get out the situation and it's oh it's it's, it's fun but what about and it's like guys? new it's like new ish yeah it's new it came out oh, like the end of last year oh okay there was a lot of pg-13 okay. PG last year oh, like yes. that was the market being apparently <laughs> 
Um, scary stories to tell in the dark. Was that PG or PG thirteen? I don't know. I can Google real quick. I got you. Keep going though. Can you give it a quick Google, please. It's a good mm -hmm. one either way. Yeah, that was really freaking good. Um, personally, as a kid, I was never a. And it's PG thirteen, um, by the way. PG thirteen. Okay, mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, I was never really a R.L. Stein or Goosebumps. I was the scary stories. Those were the books that I had as a kid. So those were the stories that I read. Um, and the movie, not only was it a good movie and it was like fun, but it really did justice to those stories. Um, and it was it was scary. Um, I don't know if anyone out there has ever read those books as a kid, but they were yep. not illustrated. But every story had just like one illustration. And the one illustration sets the tone for the whole story um and so basically like the movie had like every avenue of free range just based off of that one image and it was perfect the pale lady was beautiful in all of her gory squishy goodness um and i thought it was scary it was i don't know pg-13 kind of goes hard um and I do say, I mean, Haunted Mansion has a very soft spot in my heart just because I was young and impressionable at the time. Um, I would like to give that another watch as an adult just because, you know, how the times roll. It's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like our current era, I think Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was like the best, one of the best PG-13 entry horrors that we've got gotten recently. I would say, I guess, because I don't, I mean, I watch things for the podcast, but I don't, I don't typically go out of my way to find things that kids go watch because like, mm, I like it bloody. But I would say, <laughs> I would say I would probably suggest the first season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, just because like her sidekicks and her supporting cast were stacked. And then when they had things, they had things. So it was a good time that first season specifically. Um, people wander off after that first season but like the first one for sure because i was like hello prudence hello ambrose hello ambrose listen eyebrows 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 yes i was like she's saying cousin and i have concerns because i know i know i know felt that first season was really good though um yeah. although like not really i mean entry horror 100 yeah kid friendly i don't really know there's a lot of like, I mean, maybe was, like young adult. Yeah. It was CW-ish, but like on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It <laughs> like was very CW-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I mean, but also everything else I'm thinking of, like, for instance, Where Was Within has an R rating. I'm like, for whom? I'm like, <laughs> it's a good time. I would show it to somebody's kid if I had to babysit, which I don't do. But if I had to, I'd be like, come oh, on over here. You're going to do this. Sam Richardson's the boss. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> like while we're here, Nope's trailer is out. And I have not watched it because I don't do trailers because people try to ruin shit and take my joy. So I'm not about that. But like, I want the movie now. And I see you, Jordan Peele. And I, if you could just like put that in my inbox real quick, that'd be lovely. Thank you. So neither of y'all do trailers. Well, so, well, well, okay. Caveat. Okay. All right. I used to. I, up until this moment in my life, um, can somebody play something with like a little bit of emotion? So I'm teasing no, but um, the, <laughs> the reality <laughs> is like, I actually was team trailers like my entire life. And I feel like with the most recent movies that have come out for big, like big horror titles, they show too much. Like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they showed the bus scene. 
And I'm still upset about that. Of course, they didn't show the entirety because it's like a, a blood fest, but they showed too much for me. And I know we were talking a little bit before, like, you know, just kicking it. And like Sheree said, like, and I'm gonna let you like what they did with Scream. So I had to mute Scream um, because I don't want people ruining things for me. But after I watched it and I checked out the trailer and stuff, there was spoilers everywhere. The trailer gave you too much. I like even the Wikipedia page, which this was opening weekend because I knew not to wait because the timeline would ruin it, even though I muted the words. Um, but Wikipedia was like, mm, guess who's back? Oh, this is how these people are related to these people. And I'm like, Wikipedia, you snitch. If you don't like <laughs> fucking calm your shit down, girl. <laughs> So it was Scream that made it for you. Scream has you like no more. I've been this way for a while because like I'm a ruiner. Like when we start a movie, I'm just like this, this, and this. It's why like I always predict what's happening in my Shyamalan movies. And so we don't talk no more. And so like I gave him up a long time ago. I have to go in knowing the bare minimum. I will know some cast, maybe the director, and I'm just there free falling. Okay. I accept that. I understand and I accept I I think I'm just the kind of fan that's just I don't know guys. I just get really excited, I guess, and I want bits and pieces um as soon as I can get them. And also I have a very strong connection to the comic book sphere. Um and especially with the expansion of the MCU right now, um People know, or not people, but, you know, on the inside, those kind of people, they know that people in fandom are on the other side over here, like, picking these trailers to hell and back. You know, the moment the trailer drops, give it two hours, and you're going to have a breakdown where there's going to be some dude at his desk, and he's picking apart every millisecond of that trailer to try to speculate what the hell is going to happen. Um, and that's like a common knowledge now. So now we have these trailers that are starting to come out um, specifically in the comic book universes, not just MCU. But it's I've noticed it's mainly a, a comic book thing um, that will purposely try to mislead you. And I kind of like that. Um, I, I do like that. People were really upset. And um, I think it was Infinity War. Uh, that one clip that they put in the trailer and it was like all the Avengers lined up and everybody's in Wakanda and they're all like charging and it's very epic and like they're all united and that scene just literally never happened. It it did not happen. It was literally just, a flip, just to get us all like are riled up or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just, maybe I'm just impatient, but what do you guys know about Nope? Nothing? I know you know something. I know some of the cast, because um, people were talking about it. I know it's Monkey Paw. Oh, <laughs> I know it's coming out in July. And I know I've seen the poster, and so people are like, is it going into the space? Are we doing something in the sky? And I was like, we've talked about it too much. Leave me alone. And I like backed out of that conversation immediately. For me, I just know the posters. Definitely like the stars. Jordan Peele, Monkey Paw. And I think it's because it's like, Monkey Paw, you know, or Jordan Peele, just generally speaking, is like one of my favorite filmmakers, just flat out. So I feel like I may be more open and receptive to trailers from other IPs, but definitely not anything Jordan Peele, nothing like Scream related anymore, which is another one of my favorite franchises. Nothing. Because like with Scream, like when they talked about the trailer, 
um, sorry, when the filmmakers were like reflecting on like people complaining that maybe they feel like they were picking up too much from the trailer, I thought maybe what you were describing zero was happening for screen. Like maybe they put some misleads in it because I've heard of that before, and that ended up not happening. So I like a lot of what I saw in the trailer actually lined up with what I surmised by the time I was finished watching the actual film. And that's where uh-huh. we are now. So like with Nope, I just know that Kiki Palmer and Old Boy from Walking Dead is in it. And Steven that there's a horse Yoon. getting sucked up into the sky. Yes, Listen, there we go. And that, that is my husband. Sucked into the sky. I know he's married and happy and has a kid, but that is my husband. Um, you put some respect on Steven's name. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is a Steven Yoon <laughs> safe space fan club i actually i could show you guys when we're done recording but i have a uh, assigned picture of him from walker stalker con um he is fucking phenomenal and i'm so fucking glad it's like when your worlds finally unite it's just like Mm -hmm. mm, beautiful every time he does something in the genre we get that much closer to being the world beyonce wants like literally every time i will say though Mm -hmm. um there was that that um thriller drama that he starred in um burning yeah did y'all see that one i hated that that i hated it i hated it it was it was way too like mysterious for me i like you know you know me guys like i i like supernatural and and ufos and zombies and monsters and this was just like i might be burning down greenhouses but but am i really (laughs) i don't know and it's kind of like the whole time you're like, okay, is this dude burning down greenhouses or not? And I don't think you really ever really know. It's just this very whimsical, I'm handsome, so I can just dangle this in front of your face and get away with it. He not knows me for well. me. <laughs> but it was a <laughs> he he is chaos. He is. Cause like, sorry to bother you. People needed to watch that like five times, but they were like, How do we get to there? And I'm like, mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um <laughs> and like Mayhem. Mayhem is a fun, chaotic time. Like, yeah. do I think that it is high art? No. Like, do I enjoy seeing him and Samara weaving? I almost call her Wiley every time. Samara weaving. <laughs> do I enjoy seeing them with hand tools take care of a whole office of people who are assholes? Yes, I do. Well, um, yeah. Wait, I did see that movie. That's that's the one where they're trapped in the building and there's like yes. uh they're all becoming zombies and he has like yep. the weird eye thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that. And he movie. does the commentary. If you listen to the Shutter commentary one, because there's two versions. There's the regular movie and then there's the one with Steven and like the director writer who's also important, but it's not Steven, so I forgot his name because I'm married I to the know. one man. Um <laughs> 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 and it's a good time. He's funny. It He's was a good time. I love the scene with the, the HR guy. Oh my god, everyone wants to fuck up the HR guy. So, oh my god, felt so hard. But anyway, y'all, back to this whole trailer thing. Um, I <laughs> I really think that like this whole idea of like, you know, trying to fake out the fans through trailers, that would have worked so freaking well for Scream. Yep. Because at the end of the day, Scream is like, that's what Scream is literally based on. It's a freaking whodunit that you're trying to think that from the jump. So why wouldn't you try to you know, mess with your fans and get them thinking a little bit more. And, you know, our fans are not stupid. You know, we've been here a lot. Fan time, fandom is, is, is a big, it's a big weight on our shoulders. So I think that we're capable of trying to figure some shit out. So, you know, throw us a wrench every now and then. Right. Like, I feel like their PR team did not pick up the same things that like the filmmakers and people were doing because like the people who actually made the movie paid attention. And so they knew all these things to give us, like to give us all this extra life and all these little extra 
things to connect us to in the actual film. But the PR team didn't take those notes from the last PR team that did the original trilogy because they were like, people, the internet is new and people are ruining our shit. Give multiple endings, leak fake scripts. Let's do all this stuff to make sure nobody knows what is real and what is not. Give yeah. certain actors certain parts that are not in there. And they did not do that. I think that is also just because of the times, because I know that in a panini, I'm trying to do extra shit. <laughs> so like, I, I too true. might've been like, do whatever, I don't care. After seeing uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, though, they definitely shouldn't have put that bus scene in the trailer, um, especially because that movie was like a whopping, what, like hour and 20 plus yeah. credits. Like there was not that much to pick from in the beginning. Yeah. So maybe you could have you could have clipped it a little bit. But hey. <laughs> Can I ask your opinion on this? Like, because I, I I was having a discussion with somebody who said they wish that they would go back to trailers that are more like artsy, where it's like, you know, you may see like um, a camera panning across like a cutting table with like, you know, sounds in the background. And then you may get a flash of like a legacy character and then, you know, cut to the words. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I agree because the IP is strong enough. Let's be real. I believe that, and I maybe I'm wrong because I don't know. Like, I don't know if viewers are so oversaturated with things coming at them nowadays that they feel they have to show this much to get asses in seats. But I don't think so. It's like it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's Scream. They're going to get the coin. Listen. Yeah. They know why we're here. Yeah. I think a good example of that would be, like, the beginning stages of the Batman promo. So, like, when we first found out that we were going to be getting this movie... All we really got was like uh, like a shot of the new Batmobile, like from the behind. It wasn't even the whole car. It was just like the exhaust. Um, and then like his little uh, collar, I guess, with his new, or, or well, I guess uh, this version of the Batman, what his suit. It wasn't even the whole suit. It was just like a little glimpse, uh, like a rotating pan. And then you see the Batmobile and then the title card. And that's enough. That, that was that was literally enough to get the fans speculating just a little bit without really showing anything at all. Mm -hmm. No footage. It was just, you know, this is something that you can find in the movie. And, you know, fans are going to do what fans are going to do. So they're going to speculate and they're going to pick shit apart regardless. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I agree. I think less is more in a lot of cases. Um, just with the whole superhero verse and they want to show you know, they have all this amazing technology that they can do amazing things with CGI with. So, of course, they want to show that off, um, which is why I think the fake scenes is, is good there. But you could also go like the completely opposite way and just give us like a little bit. Just give us like a, like hints, like style choices, maybe uh, if there's going to be something different there. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, give us a preview of a weapon. Like, I don't know. I would love that. I would love that because I've not seen the new Batman yet, but I already know stuff just because like I didn't think to mute it. <laughs> I forgot it was coming because I'm more focused on horror. And I, I gave up Batman after Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan left because I was like, oh, Ben Affleck, that's not for me. And so I just gave it up and forgot to Yeah, <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan of Batfleck. I mean, he's fine, mm. but yeah. I was at my friend's 21st birthday on my phone and I, that's how I found out he was cast as Batman. And because I put my drink down, my friend whose birthday it was held me because he knew something was wrong. I put my drink down. I'm screaming. 
he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, the cast Ben Affleck is Batman, so I think I have to give it up. <laughs> oh. He just called me. <laughs> oh, tough times, tough times. Right? Like, you don't even know you're getting divorced. You have to find out about it on EW. Like, I'm <laughs> so- And that's why I had new phones for too damn smart. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What else, y'all? What we got? Oh, Wash poppin'. Well, it turns out that um, Ariana DeBose, who was in the new West Side Story, she's actually been cast as Calypso in uh, Craven the Hunter. And yeah. I don't know if y'all remember Calypso very well, but she's like that that voodoo uh, potion master woman from um, Spider-Man's foes. And I want this. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because we've not gotten Calypso in any of the Spider-Mans that we've had on film. <laughs> I've not seen her since the cartoon when like we were kids, that, like the late 90s jank. And I just, I'm, I'm ready for her. I am too. And I feel like there's a chance for them to do it right because um, the IPs are starting to get better at the way that they represent voodoo. So I'm actually interested in seeing how they handle the storyline because you you know, you know the age old tale. It feels like every time voodoo shows up in a storyline, it's always like a malevolent force. And I don't want her to ne- necessarily be benevolent because that's not what she is um, inherently, but I'd like to see how they play with this because I feel like they're masterful storytellers. So I'm excited. Yes. I, I'm ready for this because I'm not going to check out Mobius just because Jared Leto's Jared Leto. And so I was like, Ooh, oh, what? no. Come on. <laughs> just like, oh, Sheree, really? You're not even going to try? When it's on something that I already have access to, I'll watch it. Or if I get a friend's password. But I'm not going to, like, run out and risk COVID to see Jared Leto do something. Like, I'm just I'm not I'm there. Screwed. Okay. I, I literally cannot argue with that. That's <laughs> all right. I actually, uh, I I am really looking forward to this film. Yeah, Jared Leto is like, dude is a kook, guys. Like, he's really freaking kooky. I feel like the public has kind of forgotten how weird he is. And like, I don't mean like the three of us weird. Like, we're nerds and we're geeks and we are definitely weird. But he's weird on like some other level that's like... (laughs) I feel like this this is like safety at a certain point. Um, yeah, he's he's a kind of kooky guy. But Morbius is a fantastic character. And it's that's that's my sweet spot right there. It's blending the two things that I love the most, which is general comic book lore and horror, which really fit so fucking well together. But you know, we just think, you know, spandex suits and colorful whatever but we really have these really dark and and seemingly gothic stories that are fantastic that that could really only exist in these kind of worlds which is why morbius is so freaking awesome yeah was not crazy about the choice but i'm a really big fan of the character so i'm looking forward to it and i was talking to my homegirl on twitter and um so i've been following this movie uh uh following the hashtags and stuff and they have really been messing with this release date they will not give us a straight up release date i think it's changed twice now and uh i think now it's april 1st is is the release date (laughs) as of now which does not have me feeling good at all for obvious reasons um but you know we're less than a month away and we have no promo material and no trailer like nothing for this and movie. So my homegirl hits me up on Twitter and she's like, hey, I gotta fit. I don't know if we're getting this movie like at all. This movie just like might not ever drop. 
First it was March whatever, now it's April 1st, and we still don't have any type of promo material, especially because we're coming off of the heels of such a great success of the Spider-Verse um, and the new phase of the MCU, which is like mm -hmm. huge right now. And, and this could potentially tie everything together because, um, you know, Sony writes whatever. Um, you know, so this could be a huge freaking deal, but we have nothing. We have absolutely nothing right now. Uh, and the last thing that I want is for this to turn into like another spawn. And it's just oh. going to be like me. Like I'm going to be all of the viewers at home. It's just going to be like me and then maybe my sister, uh, a homie that, I, but I just like, you know, buy the movie and bring it to their house. And I guess it counts as a second view. I really don't want it to be that way because there's so much freaking potential here. Vampire lore in comic book settings is freaking everything. Morbius is one thing. If they don't do Morbius, I'm really looking for them to do um, this uh, very specific vampire uh, storyline of Batman. I'm forgetting what it's called. Oh, uh, Night Rain? It's in my mind. It's a trilogy. It's Crimson Rain. Uh... We're going to have to come back though. to this. Put a pin in it's it. It's good. It's, yeah. it's really freaking good. I think it's like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, but it was that and then Morbius. So just like, don't fuck this up for me, guys. I, I would like I need that it. Two zero. Yeah. I need it. Because Batman was my superhero. Like when I, before Ben Affleck, it was Batman as the only person in the DC universe that I cared about. Because I didn't know Wonder Woman was there. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like, I care about two when Wonder Woman's getting her shit together. And it's not about Steve, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then like everything Marvel. So I was that bitch. So I was all like, yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, X-Men. Um, and so like if we can get like Batman fucking with vampires, especially if it's like that early Batman who did throw people off balconies and like do a one-liner, people forget. Batman was not always a dark knight we know where he's all like, I don't no. want to hurt people. I don't want to kill people. Yeah. The first, the literally the first comic book I fucking read with Bill Finger and them on it, he was like, I guess you can't fly. And went home to his mansion. And I was like, huh! And I had to stop. Like, this is not the Batman I know. I'm into it, but I'm like, oh God. What? That shit is tough. That is tough as hell. Right? One of the things I like about um current, like, Batman discussions, and I know y'all probably have seen this, is a lot of people have this theory that if Batman does, it, like, this current iteration, like, if he starts, like, killing people and getting into that, he would actually become more, like, the Joker, or he'd become more like other people that he fights against. Like the only thing oh, stopping yeah. Batman from like being a monster is his own self restraint, like or not having power. And I think that's a funny discussion to think about. I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's why the Joker is his arch nemesis because like your arch nemesis is always the person you would be if you let yourself go unchecked. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why he's always in the Joker's shit. He's like, you can't do that because I can't do that. Shut it down. <laughs> it's like Bruce. Bruce. Yo, <laughs> I have a filthy confession. Another one, by the way, you guys. It's why I was Let's nodding go. quietly when y'all were talking about Jared Leto. I want to see him as Morbius. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like You're he can alone. do it. I don't know why. I just, and it's not just like the pictures. It's just I feel like he's kooky enough to get into that skin and like give us something really weird and like. No, dude is legitimately and... a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it yeah. works. No, he's. I don't know if it's him or the character if I were to watch this movie, literally, because like Jared Leto 
he there was a time before we knew that he was who he is um where it was like he can do the things he can act and so like i'm not coming from the for the performance i'm coming for him as being a trash white man in this decade because we don't need more of those we need less of those and when viola davis looks at you and suicide squad I'm like you're the asshole because it's viola davis it's auntie viola she don't call nobody an asshole but she got nope. beef with you you know you fucked up and i'm gonna find you on these streets oh, yeah. even if it's the twitter streets <laughs> we're gonna talk about it so yeah, yeah it was like cult or whatever i don't know if it was actually proven to be a cult officially or not because i know there is an official criteria i heard uh, about it because i when i was younger i was in a 30 seconds to mars but they were also doing like not to say the kubrick in their videos which now and i'm like that was a red flag and i didn't know Mm, I didn't know because mm. I was a baby. Uh, and then I'm like, he was always trying to get wild and we just wouldn't let him. He was his own arch nemesis the whole time. It was Jared all alone. Drop the Agatha beat. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> it was Leto all alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Truer <laughs> words have never been spoken. Hey, this is how you 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 find the best anti-heroes and villains you actually just you just find just wild cannons and see what the hell they do listen that's why fiend has got to be the joker because he that is... was literally going to be my next point thank you <laughs> all he was missing was the makeup and the suits because he was already doing that shit like you can't you just be punching extras and be like i'm method that's that's not method that's assholery <laughs> oh the shade <laughs> Like, if you can't act that actually punches somebody, maybe you shouldn't be an actor. Maybe you're not an actor. Ooh. Let's unpack it. I agree with that. Like that that's awards. a terrible excuse. That's a horrible excuse. And it's definitely, like, reserved white man behavior. Because you let me accidentally hit somebody. It's like, oh, no, this bitch is wild. Oh, no. Angry black women. I'm like, it was an accident. He surprised me. <laughs> I thought it was self-defense. But you let him do it. It's like, he was just a moment. He's, he's such a nuanced actor. Meanwhile, this extra is like, you don't pay me Applause. enough for having insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to pay for this black eye? Come on. Right? I don't have dental. Do you know? I don't have dental in this union. <laughs> and he's just like, well, I did what I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. But yeah, the real enemy. <laughs> what else is popping? Um, Regina Hall is returning to horror. We're actually all dancing on camera, y'all. This is this yeah. is not a facade for, for the pod. <laughs> like <laughs> listen. No. Like when you said that, I was like, that's why we 2022. I knew there was a reason. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I said um, same. Like Who's going to do the honor of letting the girls know? Which one are y'all going to tell the peoples? So I know her movie Master drops on Amazon on the 18th of March. Um, so next week. Is that math? I can't do math. It's probably next week, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's math. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I was not asked to be here for my math skills. So I'm just not even going <laughs> to... Yeah, no, and it's I I've been waiting for her to get something like this because like she gets to really like put her foot down and be like, I am not just funny bitches, hear me. And so I can't wait for the timeline to see it and we can talk about what she's doing as a performer. Should I read the summary too? Because oh, I have it boy. on hand. If if um yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Master. Look at you being prepared. I don't know why this summary is so long. That's the only gripe I have. Once upon a time. 
Three oh. women strive to find their place at a prestigious New England university whose frosty elitism may disguise something more sinister. Professor Gail Bishop, played by Regina Hall, has recently been promoted to master of a residence hall, the first time at storied Ancaster College that a Black woman has held the post. Determined to breathe new life into a centuries-old tradition, Gail soon finds herself wrapped up in the trials and tribulations of Jasmine Moore, played by Zoe Renee. An energetic and optimistic Black freshman, things get worse when Jasmine clashes in the classroom with Liv Beckman, played by Amber Gray, a professor in the middle of her own racially charged tenure review. As Gail tries to maintain order and fulfill the duties of a master, the cracks begin to show in Ancaster's once immaculate facade. After a career spent fighting to make it into Ancaster's inner circle, Gail is confronted with the horrifying prospect of what lies beneath. Her question ultimately becoming not whether the school is haunted, but by whom. Brother Ghoulish is available for voice work. Hit the Bloody Massacre <laughs> DMs on Twitter and Instagram. For real. <laughs> Book him immediately. But why is this summer Honestly, so long, y'all? I mean, it was it was long, but your voice is so nice. I was just oh. I mean, you want to read it well, again for the one time, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Well, thank We're gonna y'all. set up an audio OnlyFans. Um. Uh, <laughs> I have no complaints. I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it, and I am pretty damn sure I will enjoy it. I also, and this is this is great because it's gonna bleed into our theme later. But those connections between horror and comedy are quite literally unmatched. So I already have decently high expectations. I cannot wait for y'all to see it so we can all have a conversation about it because I know what I thought about it. And I also know what white reviewers thought about it because I read those reviews after I wrote mine. And I was like, mm, we saw something different. Mm. <laughs> Which is always the way. You know what else is exciting about this project, though? Um, I know y'all probably already noticed, but for everybody listening... Uh, it's written and directed by a black woman whose name is Mariama Diallo, and she actually did um, Hair Wolf from 2018. Oh, yeah, that short film that was like that that um, we were all kind of like buzzing about. The person who brought it to my attention, just so y'all know, was Mark. He uh, Marco Estes, like he was the one who actually was like, you should check out this short film. And I didn't piece it together that this was the same filmmaker. So I'm happy for her. Like this is such yeah. a celebration. This is her first feature. And so I, I'm excited to see what she does now that she's like got her first one. Um, because like once you have the one, you can sometimes get a second one. We know how people treat the black women in Hollywood. Yeah. But sometimes you get a second and a third. And I'm excited to see where she goes if she can like get those. I want that for her so badly. And, and you saying that made me wonder. I wonder if the industry did Casey Lemons like that. Because like Ease Bayou was brilliant. And I feel like she should have more feature films. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking about specifically because she played all these big characters in Silence of the Lambs and mm-hmm. um, I forgot the name of the other one but um, it's also uh, we were just talking about this Candyman Sorry. Yeah, Candyman <laughs> brain. And, literally Candyman Silence of the Lambs she was that black girl who's like are you okay um, and then she's like oh, I'm gonna make my no. own movie and it's gonna be black as fuck and it's, it was a damn good time it was Southern Gothic with black people I saw myself as an angry young child about my complexion. And I was like, yes, Miss Smollett, yes. Um, and here we are. And we've not seen her get another feature, which I think is 
ridiculous. Strange. Right? Yeah, that's a better Jail. word. Jail. <laughs> You're calling the police? <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm Hello, usually upset. officers. <laughs> I saw Hollywood Demis Lemons and I would like to make a report. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have to wait too much longer, so yeah, I'm very pleased. No, I, I'm excited. I'm excited because the thing about like festivals is that like people don't always have access to it because they're expensive um, or like they're not virtual, which this one was. And so I lucked out and then a friend was like, hey, I can't see it. So I want to share the ticket with you. And I'm like, thank you. Um, and I jumped on that bitch. <laughs> and but then I was like, I want I want community. I want other people to see it so we can not talk about it because it feels like I'm just sitting here in my own head being like, here's what I think I saw. Here's how I feel about it. Um, And I need us. I need us to all have the discourse. I need us to all get into it with our eyeballs so we can get into it with our thoughts my eyeballs are ready um so i guess it's time to get into our actual topic um the reason for the season the reason we're all here um <clears throat> you are you are today listening to our jordan peel special where we're going to talk about mr peel's glow up from key and peel to monkey paw productions uh because he's given us a lot to talk about and we're gonna talk about it okay <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Love it. <laughs> Y'all want to get into the real talk first before we jump yes. into the main dive. So, um, I found it really interesting that um, when he was actually trying to come from Mad TV, he actually really badly wanted to go to Saturday Night Live. And he reveals over like the course of time how that was blocked intentionally. And it kind of shows how like when you when a door closes, another one opens, that whole thing, like everything happens for a reason. Because mm -hmm. for him to go into Key and Pill, it gave him enough time to get the connections to save up to prepare for Monkey Paw, which I feel like Get Out being its first feature, like shook the entire industry. And it's only it's one of only 18 horror films that has ever won an Oscar. And it deserved and it deserved so bad that even white people couldn't deny. Because I feel like there are so many other black IPs that that sounded dangerously close to black eyed peas. But um, good. That, good. <laughs> I must be very hungry, but um, or want some good music. But I feel like some of them do get slighted, but um, they could you know, have a lot more recognition, but you know, something's got to be damn good when even they're like, damn, like, yeah, take this Oscar. Mm -hmm. I, I keep thinking about what all has happened just these five years since Get Out came out because, like, we all knew about Jordan. Well, most of us knew about Jordan, those of us with the melanin knew about Jordan for a minute. <laughs> Um, some folks were like, oh yeah, I'm a Comedy Central, whatever. Um, but we were like, no, he's gonna go somewhere. And so I'm happy that he didn't get stuck in that Saturday Night Live situation that a lot of Black writers end up in, and then they come out different, and they're just like, defeated most of the time. Because it's not a safe space. Like, Lauren Michaels, like, not even six, seven years ago, was saying there are no Black funny women, which is why they never had a Black woman on Saturday Night Live. And then after we all were like, excuse you, you went out and found one. <laughs> Um, and so like, I, it's not what we think it is, y'all. It's, it's fine to not go there, but yeah. Um, and my other rants and notes, um, 
I was watching um, Jordan Peele's The Twilight Zone, which I am obsessed mm-hmm. with, and it's on Paramount. And I, I, all this time when I heard it was canceled, I just assumed it was because it was on CBS All Access, which nobody was going to pay for. Um, I also assumed it's because it was not advertised well. And so I was blaming everybody but Jordan Peele. But him and his company were like, we're going to end this after season two. And I wonder mm-hmm. what went into that decision. And also I have to stop shading CBS. <laughs> That has to be a really freaking hard decision to make, honestly. Um, and especially with a title that sits as heavy as The Twilight Zone. There is so much, I mean, horror histor- horror history, historical content there. Um, I mean, personally, I would just want to keep it going forever. So I'm sure that it had to be worth it, I guess. And uh, on a similar note, I actually heard that, um, okay, we're all devastated that Lovecraft Country is not going to be coming back, even though uh, the plans for season two were already written. Um, But it was never really, we were never really given a reason as to why. Um, Mm. And later on, after the, the outrage had died down a bit, I, I, I did read at multiple sources that, um, it was kind of like this effort. It was kind of like a group effort. Um, my pride doesn't want me to believe that. But I think, you know, sometimes you have to make these big girl decisions. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking maybe she did have to make that big girl decision here. Uh, but for the greater good, uh, we have her over at Apple Plus now. Um, but uh, you win some, you lose some. And it seems like for the most part with Monkey Paw, we're winning much more than we are losing um so i i guess we just have to trust the process you know um but going back to our uh the man of the hour jordan peele is from new york like me hey um he but he's from uh, upper new york i'm from lower manhattan um i think that it's phenomenal so he went to school for performing arts right originally was studying puppetry Mm. which i think is crazy so uh, first it was puppetry, and then he found his love for comedy uh, through puppetry, which is what inspired him to switch over uh, into the funny world. But I think that that just like lays excellent groundwork for a horror movie. Uh, so Mr. Peel, if you are listening to our lovely podcast right now, I see you and we have done research. And I think that that would be a great basis for another short story that you may or may not be working on. Um, thank you. Also, I, uh, in preparation for our episode today, I was just listening to a bunch of interviews of his, um, just press, press days and whatnot, uh, to pass the time. And, um, I had a really weird moment, guys. I grew up in lower Manhattan and I would take the subways often. And I would have this, this weird phenomena that would happen to me every, ever so often. And through listening to these, um, interviews with Jordan Peele, I thought it was crazy almost like a deja vu moment that he had experienced these same phenomena which is what gave him a sort of an inspiration to create us so in the subways there are certain subway stations where once you're on the platform you can look across the subway station and you can see um, the subway platform going the opposite direction so if i'm going downtown you can look across and you can see all the people waiting to go uptown on the same train if you get what i'm saying um and as a kid, I would always imagine seeing myself on the other side of the tracks, 
just and I would just you know it it wasn't necessarily scary for me but it was just you know some imagination in my head I would just be there imagining that I'm looking at myself returning from whatever the hell I was doing with my dad that day um and it was crazy to hear him say that and that's how he got the idea for like doppelgangers he had this vision where he was a kid on the subway looked across to the other side of the platform it would see himself and that's what gave him the inspiration for us and of course it went way longer than that but uh i guess that phenomenon is could be considered common among city kids uh which i don't know a cool fun fact for you you know I didn't I know that. how common that was. I used to do that too. And I because um DC, even though their train system isn't as like big as New York's, it actually does have like a pretty a big train system I used to ride. And I used to have that same fantasy. And I've never I never I I mean I have weirdness with me. I think like we all do. So I thought it was just one of those things. That's interesting. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I love seeing creepy kids grow up and do creepy movies, and that just warms my heart. Good feeling, man. Feels good. Right? I So when I was doing a bit of research, I was all set to come in and roast Uncle Samuel L. Jackson because I remembered him coming for Daniel Kaluuya for playing the lead, Chris, and Get Out because he was upset that they did not cast an American Black man. They cast somebody from across the pond and he was like, it would have been different with somebody from this country who's carried this baggage for so long. And the way he went about it, I was like, really, Uncle Sam? Really? But when I was doing the research, um... <laughs> They also interviewed um, Brad Pitt and the writer of 12 Years a Slave for Vanity Fair. And the two of them were talking about how the slavery era is just so rich in a moment in history that we need to discuss and see more movies from. And maybe the reason that we don't do it over here in America is it's, it's too close for us as Black people in America to write about it, which is why he hired someone oh, from London, or I should say England, I don't know part of the UK specifically, to write 12 Years a Slave. Um, and I was like, Mr. Pitt, <laughs> you... Oh, I'm happy Angelina left you. I need you and this writer to stop talking. Um, <laughs> never again work together. Do you ever have the feeling that people just kind of like speak because they have a mouth? Yeah. Not necessarily because whatever they're going to say is insightful. That's mm -hmm. how I feel with this. And I just learned this. That's so, that is so, that is so disappointing. I hope he I hope he heard how he sounded after he said that. After that, how can you say something like that and not, you know, say to yourself after, ooh, it sounded better in my head? Or you know what I'm saying? That's just it sounds so ridiculous. It, it is especially it is especially doubly gross because at the time that he did 12 Years a Slave, him and Angelina were adopting kids from other countries. And I'm <laughs> just like, if you would say this shit to Vanity Fair, what are you saying in your own home to these children? Ooh. Ooh. Because, like, I... Why would you think that's okay? Why do you think, as a white man in America with all these privileges, because when Toy Story came out, Brad Pitt was Brad Pitt. He was established. He had the money. Uh -huh. He had the means. So, if, with you and all your privilege and being removed from this experience, why do you think, as a producer, you get to go pull somebody from a different country to write your slave narrative um, and then talk about how we need to do more of these stories for whomst? Yeah. You know what it is? And I feel like it's funny that Jordan Peele is our topic for this week because he does a good job kind of touching on it a bit and get out. I feel like a lot of white people love disassociating like the black struggle from the actual black body itself for their own pleasure or needs. And even though it was like um, turned into a horror concept so that he, they can take bodies 
through the projects and um, get out. In this situation, it just sounds like they disassociated us from our own struggle so that they can make a movie and they don't understand like how that's a problem. But that's common. I, I, I feel like I see that and it's disappointing. But what's more frightening is that they got so comfortable to say that on the air because these are the type of conversations that are happening when we're not watching. And these are the people who are making the decisions about which IPs get greenlit, about like <laughs> why, because that's why I was so upset when Sheree, you text me the information about um, that new slave movie that's coming out with Kiki Palmer in it. Like, I, we don't need more. Wait, oh, yeah, Zero. Oh, oh, <laughs> so- Sheree, go ahead. <laughs> So Kiki Palmer is playing um, this woman who was living as a slave in, I think, the 70s, because as we know, people were not being honest with the people they owned. And so a lot of people were still doing slave work and if we were doing slave work until like decades after slavery had supposedly ended. And so this woman finds out that like she was held captive for no reason and she decides to get revenge. So it is a slave revenge story. And I was like, who is this for? I don't I don't need to see Kiki Palmer play a slave. And like, of course, the white people on Twitter were like, oh, my God, this is an important story. And I'm like, you could also do some history because I know this. I knew this. Why didn't you, an older person, get onto the internets? That's, you, let me tell you. I'm kind of speechless right now. I don't know if y'all school was like this as well, but they used to like roll, you know, the TV in or whatever and show us like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, Okay, so it used to be a symbol of joy for me because, like, that's how I first saw Matilda and James and the Giant Peach. But then one day, you see where this is going. She rolled it in. We're going to watch Roots. When I tell Knew you, it. Oh, I don't no. need any more slave stories. I mean it. And I let a few slip in since then because I am a huge fan of Octavia E. Butler. And we know that she touches on uh, the slave mm-hmm. trade and Wild Seed and a few of her other um, books. But that's fine. I like how she handled it. I don't need a million freaking slave stories, especially in a genre film like um, anything horror related. It's like we're... I use that for more escapism, so it would be kind of cool to see myself in a place of power versus like being whipped. Listen, I... I will never take away a person's right to deal with their trauma and stuff the way they want to. So, like, Octavia can write what she wants to write. That's cool. But, like, when you are out here telling Black kids that the only way to get, like, produced is to write slave shit, and that's the only stories you want, because those are stories that say something, like, that's my biggest pet peeve. As a writer who's been trying to, like, get, like, my shit together, um, I am tired of being told that my shit doesn't mean anything, it doesn't say anything, because it's not dealing with race. Uh, my characters are black. They can have joy. That is in itself the battle I'm choosing. So I don't. Brad Pitt in this fool talking about how their movie Toby is a slave is important. And we need more of this, and we need to go ahead and hire more people to write these stories. If those of us here won't do it for them, miss me. Why does it need to be its own subgenre? Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, there's there like you said, there's there's literally plenty of them. I don't know why well actually no i know why but i don't know why there <laughs> i don't know why there's not enough pressure to just make black genre films and that doesn't mean having to highlight a point of discrimination or trauma just have it be black you know what i'm saying which is which is the difference between us and get out for me um 
because us was it, it it tells a story it has a message that really leaves a taste in your mouth for at least three to five days after you leave the theater or wherever mm. you're screening it um but us was it was equally a black movie because it just tells a story of a black family and there's things in that movie that tell you that this family ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. It's black even if, you know, if I had some rare disease and I couldn't see, you know, I don't see color. If that were a real thing and I couldn't tell that this family was black just by my eyes. Just through storytelling and dialogue, I can tell that this family is black just by, you know, their mannerisms and just living like an everyday black family. Why I don't know why we just can't have more of that or the horror noir anthology. None of those issues or none of those um, short stories in the anthology had to do with, you know, my problem is that I am a marginalized person. It's just, I'm in this really fucked up situation right now, and I just happen to be black. Mm -hmm. I and that. I, you know, you're telling the story from the point of view of a person of color. And there, are, I mean, let's be real like, culture goes a really long way. So, despite, you know, having to talk about our differences and um, things that make us marginalized, we have cultural differences. I mean, that's the same to say with every culture. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just even like, you know, there is times in, in us where our family are like communicating through nonverbal actions, which is very common in black families. Like we can, we communicate through eyes and facial expressions and that's just Amen. what black people do. And it's just normal. You know what I'm saying? Show yeah. more of that. And that's, that's still black. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's still a, it's still a, I'm getting frustrated right now. <laughs> no, but 
It's real though. It's real though because there we don't need to know about the racism when we go to see something in genre. We know about yeah. the racism. We've lived it. We have the ancestors. We have we have the generational trauma. And so like there's all these white people who just like slip in like it's like a day at the museum and there's like, "Ooh, look at this. Ooh, look at that." And then they want to talk to you about it. I'm like, "No. No, I this don't." This is not the MoMA. Right? Listen, listen, I'm happy you just discovered racism was a real thing, but I've known for a minute. And don't call me, don't beat me, don't reach me. I don't need your thoughts on it. (laughs) You know, I love that you said that, Sheree, because that's some real shit. Like, as a kid, like, my grandparents, when they were still alive, and, like, a lot of the older people in my family, the stories they used to tell me about the stuff that they went through is a lot more frightening than somebody pretending to be a slave in a horror movie. Like, it's giving we know. And, like, who is this really for? And I think we all know. It's a lot of, like, Black, with air quote stories that are really catered towards the white audience or for the white gaze. And that's that's where that disconnect is happening. 100%. Ciao. 100%. We're just going to pull one uh, out. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> we can get into the movies and topics um, unless y'all got but some more real talk. It don't get no realer than us, baby. We can. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, this is going to end up being a three hour episode. Let's get into I'm these okay movies and stuff. They're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, raise your hand if Key and Peele was your first introduction to Jordan Peele. You okay, said two if out of Key three. and Peele was? Yeah. Yeah, Key and Peele. Oh, not for me, no. Um, for me, it was Mad TV. Oh. oh. You're right. I forgot. It was so long ago, Mad TV, that I just forget. I used to grow up uh, watching like Mad TV late at night with my uh, brother. Um, we would stay up and like we'd pretend to be asleep, and then we'd like wake up and watch uh, Mad TV. And um, he was one of my favorite parts. But I think even uh, Deborah Wilson, oh my God, unsung heroine! Like I love that woman. She did Oprah. She did Whitney Houston. Oh man, that was my girl. I used to live because like you would start out with like SNL and they would do cute stuff sometimes depending on the season and the cast. But then you'd be like, oh, Mad TV on, bye. And so there is a whole era where I don't know how these SNL episodes finish after the first 30 minutes. What? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, bye. <laughs> Gotta go. I agree. My shows. That's that's why I'm happy he didn't end up on there because chew, it was always Mad TV over SNL and to be honest it's Key and Pill over Mad TV because like I still love Mad TV when I look back but it has not aged well for one and for two to see because like Mad TV is similar to SNL that it was white owned so nine times out of ten black people were actually the butt of the joke and we didn't really get a diversification until we got to Key and Pill. so that's why I fuck with Key and Pill so hard yeah SNL you were right Sheree like you said earlier in our in our recording might be just kind of like this pit that you get that comedians get like sucked into and then by the time they get spit out they're kind of just like a raisin you know a cranberry if you will i really hope that that doesn't happen to um chris red i think he's hilarious I love him so much. And every time he pops up in genre, I live. Because I never know he's going to yep. be there. Because he just popped up in Vampires versus the Bronx. And yep. I was like, ah! 
and he would and also uh uh scare me right yes which which he did great in I did not think he was going to be there. I flipped my shit because I was there because Aya Cash was there and I was told by Twitter to watch it and I was like, I'm going to watch it because Aya's there. So, whatever. And then, mm-hmm. like, we was like, we're going to interview Josh Rubin. It's such a watch this sooner rather than later. And I was watching it and then Chris Red show up and the way that I almost dropped my drink because I was not ready. Um, <laughs> Carlo is my pizza man forever and I just... For life. For fucking pr- life. Protect him at all costs. <laughs> protect him at all costs hey buddy if you want to like scoot over to horror comedy it's a growing genre there's room for you we welcome you i think you deserve to be here settle in yes. settle in let's be comfortable mm-hmm. we're keeping you yeah <laughs> yeah dodged a bullet there for sure key and peel is hysterical definitely some hit or miss um just because they all can't hit of course Course, um yeah. but my favorite skit has to be um our two characters and they're like talking about their wives and they're like shit talking their wives and they don't want to oh. hear them like call them bitch and they have yeah. to like turn around i look my woman i look my woman in the eye sockets and i said well what you say and i said this is me looking behind to make sure no one's there <laughs> I said, bitch. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're like in a tree. They're like in a tree in the forest. I said, I said, bitch. No. Yes, I, I said, I looked my woman in the face. I could not with that. That's my dad's favorite skit, too. He loves that one. I I love that one. And I love when Peel is Obama. <laughs> and Key is everything Obama can't say because he's a black man as president. <laughs> and so he's giving you this like passive, nice oh, we're going to renegotiate that. And Key's losing his shit. like, why tell you bastards? I told you motherfuckers one more time. Don't step to me. And I'm just like, yes, yes. Every time it happens, I'm just like, this is this is my favorite thing. Thank you. He had a name. Ooh. What was his name? I should know. I I've been slowly watching Oh, it these. was Luther. Yeah, it was Luther. <laughs> it was Luther. It was Luther. Oh my God, I live. Luther, <laughs> like the anger translator or something. A mess, a mess. I love those uh, both of those skits a lot, actually. Um, you know what? Um, I have so many I like that I'm rifling through my brains, but if I had to choose one, it's a really creepy one where they're both so, uh, both Key and Pill are dressed like women that are looking at a puppy in a window, and they're using that phrase of like, Oh, he's so cute, you know, I can just eat him up, and like it gets progressively darker. Like the stuff they're saying is like, oh, I'm going to get this puppy and like rip his head off and, and shove his paws up. And it, it's just, it's, it's scary. And I'm like, and so then they flash scenes and they're literally burying the puppy. They tore his ass apart. And it's like the camera pans out and it's like a bunch of little tombstones because I guess this is their thing. And it's so weird. And I didn't see it going in that direction. It just, it cracked me up. And I picked that one because I think that's what, because I didn't watch it when it was airing, to be fair. I watched it after the fact and I watched it like on YouTube, like, you know, uh, like that. And so as a result, this was my first skit. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is, I'm here for Key and Pill. I like this show. Mm-hmm. The episode I watched the other so day, good. it was them dressed as church ladies in a pew and they were like gossiping and talking shit. And all of a sudden, like, and if Satan did up, I'd do this to him. And all of a sudden, one of them is possessed. I think, I think it's, I think it's Key that gets possessed. Yeah. And he's like, oh no, I got you, Satan. And Satan's like, what has happened? And it keeps taking turns and passing it back and forth, kicking his ass. <laughs> Two church ladies versus Satan. That's the one. <laughs> it's just so funny. 
mean, and so random because you're like, where's this going? We're gossiping. What do you mean you possess? Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Like every skit is a journey with them, and I love it. <laughs> That's a fact. Every skit is a journey. If we could get a key and peel comeback and just like put them in a black lady sketch show for the oh, next season. Ooh, yes. Yes. I'd be very happy. I'd be so happy. I don't want to like lose that. I mean, he's still like a really funny dude. He's like, he's really doing the damn thing in horror and I don't want him to ever stop, but we really appreciated him all the way from the beginning. And, mm -hmm. uh, just give us a little bit. Just give us a little bit. Uh, <laughs> side note, uh, Keegan, Michael Key is going to play toad in the super Mario movie. And I am very excited uh, I like logged on to Twitter that morning and like my whole Twitter timeline was like, Toad can say nigga. Toad can say nigga. <laughs> and my day was absolutely made. <laughs> I can't. It's the simple things. I'm happy they made it Toad and not Yoshi because I felt like that would have been a very bad. Um, a that would have been racially motivated. Wise. It'd be a different conversation. Motivated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, shit oh my goodness <laughs> but speaking on the parallels of horror and comedy mm -hmm. and this is why i love horror comedy so much um because they both kind of have that all right so the idea of both is to get an immediate reaction from your viewers right mm -hmm. and no other genre does that i mean like you're not gonna watch uh, a sappy movie and there's not going to be just like one moment that has you instantly in tears it's going to be that slow burn uh the, the topical thing um but with horror you're looking for the the scare moment all of our horror movies have that moment same thing with comedy you have that one-liner that just gets everybody all at the same time and i think that once you're once you master that art of getting that reaction like all everybody all together they translate together really well um and it's almost like i almost kind of think of it as like what kind i mean i'm not a wine drinker but let's just say beer like what kind of beer you're going to pair with your dinner that night like two completely different things for per se but they can meld together really well in like an ABAB formula um, which is why I love horror comedy so much because you could get like your pants blown off and then it'll be eased in a little bit, you know, and then you can, you get that, you get that joke and then everyone kind of like recovers together and it, it's, it, it feels better that way. And it's more like a, it, I personally, I mean, this is just me, but it makes for a better uh, theater experience when and I'm doing the roller coaster thing with my hand right now, listeners. You get that up and down and up and down uh, with everybody in the theater. And like the, the first moment I'm thinking of that I had that experience in the theater was the final scene of Get Out. Um, when uh, our, our homegirl is, she finally, goddamn, she finally kicks rocks. And then you see like the police lights. And of course you see the police lights and then your your heart just kind of sinks to your stomach yeah. because you know what you already know what's going to happen. Turns out is Rod and he's like, you know, I'm TS motherfucking A, consider it fucking handle. And that was just like the healing that everybody needed at the whole time. And I mean, not enough to just totally minimize what we had just gone through, but 
enough to, you know, get up your spirit so you can not leave the movie theater in shambles and then think about it later. We needed that win because the alternate ending, which I saw for the first time when we were getting ready for this, um, and I got to hear the Jordan Peele commentary over it. Uh, so it makes sense why he wanted that one, but it would not have been the same experience because like in the alternate ending, for those of you who haven't seen it, because I had never seen it until this year, I just heard of it. Um, the police pull up and Chris goes to jail. And when Rod comes to visit him in jail, he's like, just let it go, dude. Just let it go. You know how this ends. Stop wasting your time. It's what it is. And then he like hangs up his little phone on the side of that little plate window and he walks away because he's like, I did what I did. And I'm, oh, I've made peace with my past. I made peace with who I am. And I'm just going to rot here now. And that is not the same as us getting this victory, especially because as he was talking about in the commentary, Jordan Peele, that this movie was definitely <laughs> influenced by this like, white American liberal idea that we were in a post-racist society because we elected Obama, which yeah. try going to school during this era because this was some bullshit. The amount of people who were always like, it's post-racial. Why does your lead have to be black in your piece? And I'm like, can it be post-racial if you're asking me this question? Like, <laughs> you can't mm. have both. Ooh, that was a bomb right there. Listen. Um, <laughs> and so I, while I, I get the alternative ending, I, I'm happy we got the one we got in theaters because I feel like, especially because this came out in 2017. So we are right in the thick of the newest shitstorm that is politics at that time. <laughs> I would not have wanted to see another black man go to jail for some bullshit that was not his fault. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, uh, I, I, yeah. All the things you said, I co signed. Like, I didn't want that. And I feel like that's why when I saw Get Out in theaters, I, I felt like it was so effective because of the ending. The ending really tied all these pieces together that meant something to me throughout the film. Like it shows like this fraternal love between black men that you don't really get to see on screen too, too much in a very positive light. And they balance each other out really well because Rel is really funny. He's a, a hilarious actor. And like, even in this, you see how he's in the precinct trying to explain what's going on. And I can't tell you how effective that scene is because I always say, like, can you imagine trying to call the police and explain like a supernatural thing that's going on or something horror related in any sense? But the ending is what makes me get out. Like, oh, like that's that's the shit. And if it would have been this alternative one, which sure I've heard of, but I intentionally did not watch because someone let me know up front like what the T was, I would have been disappointed. And I don't think the film would have hit as hard because like this feels like you know that feeling when you were a kid and you first saw Night of the Living Dead and you saw like that ending. It kind of feels like the reclamation of that. Like we we finally got like. You know, like, I don't know. It's like a, a diff, like a parallel universe almost. Exactly. I never thought of that. That's I... a really good point. And I, I never watched Night of the Living Dead as a kid, only as an adult. Um, but when I did watch it, like, that that ending scene hits hard. It does. And it, it just makes, I mean, the whole movie is phenomenal, of course, but that ending makes the whole movie so exhausting that I don't know if I would be able to handle a rewatch of it. And there we go. This is why we need laughter. This is why we need comedy. Yes, ma'am. It helps us digest. It does. People learn through laughter. Um, uh, we have to laugh at the right things because like there's some people out here just doing things all willy nilly. That is not the way. Uh, I'm not gonna name names today. Their episodes are coming, but 
<laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I it would not have been the same, and it would have definitely like it would have been it would have been such a fucking downer because we already he's been through a lot. We, he's been through a lot, as most black people in America have been through, and so we already have this. We have like his story with his mother. We have him in this weird ass white house with roses thrown on him, and so to have him go through all of that and to finally choke her out, which we've been waiting for since we knew her yes. because we knew something was wrong with her, and we're like, get her get her and if for that to just like not lead him gain away and escaping i i don't know i don't know there would have been shit in the theaters people there would have been fights because <laughs> such a stands would have been knocked over i would have stolen some shit like it would have been bad <laughs> okay but i thought you know what i thought you were about to say get a jade and i i literally almost threw my chair upside down <laughs> Because it was definitely that energy. Like, there was something very... The moment she was eating cereal on this side and milk on that side, I knew something was off with her. Who the hell does that? Jared Leto. Right? I mean, probably true. <laughs> oh, wait, That's... hold up. Question, y'all. While we're on that topic, this is of the utmost importance. Do y'all put y'all milk in first or last for milk and cereal? Do you think I'm a fucking psychopath? Are you kidding? Why are you even asking I... me this question? I'm just saying, because I thought everyone was on the same page. You would be surprised at some people's answers. You would be surprised. No, some there is the... a wrong answer. There is a wrong answer. <laughs> there is. There mm. is. Why you want your milk splashing all around? Why are you not? Do you run a dairy farm? Are you are you just like <laughs> rolling with so much milk you can just waste it that way? No. Also, we are all people of color here. And let's be real. Lactose True. is no stranger to our community. So Ooh. you should not just be, how much milk do I want with my cereal? No, no, no. I keep fooling myself into thinking I am not lactose intolerant. And two nights ago, I was sitting in a bed like an idiot eating sharp cheddar because it was tasting so damn good. And when I tell you, my I didn't even finish biting. And I was like, oh, like it felt like someone stabbed me, baby. And not in the way I wanted. You played like, yourself. It was you played bad. Yourself. It was bad. Surprise, shawty. <laughs> That's what my stomach said. Oh my God, you must have been there. That's exactly what it said to me. The mill woke up like, what the hell is going on over there? I'm seeing you oh with Chief the bed like, oh no, I made a mistake. <laughs> no, he. it's funny you say that. He looked in the bowl and was like, oh. <laughs> it, was, it was trail mix, cheese, and pretzels. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> Are you pregnant? I've been waiting to tell you guys. <laughs> oh, I knew it. That's why he too. puts the milk in the bowl first. Got oh, it. no, I don't do that, baby. Although, oh, okay, good. the person who told me also said that they eat steaks with their hand and they eat um, pizza with a fork and knife because they feel like it's easier. I'm like, but a stick. Okay. Next. Was this person Jared Leto? <laughs> it was. Oh my god! And we were on our way to see Morbius. Mobius. More. More. Mobile. 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 Molly. Marissa. Workout plan. Mikey. Oh my god! Y'all at Margarita? Okay, no, I'm done. All right. I'm back to behaving. Oh wait, which movie were we on? Were we on us? Or were we... we were. We were still on Get Out, but like we could go to us because I got thoughts on both. Um, Let's go to us. 
So while we're segueing, I just want to say that it's been wild to see the amount of white people who don't fucks with us and they think it's trash, but get out as art. And I'm like, both are good, but like, why do you do this? And I've I've asked a couple because I'm like, let's unpack this because I feel us as a horror movie, whereas Get Out is more of a Monday. So like, <laughs> let us let us unpack why you feel this way. And it's always like it's just that like Get Out just giving me that like that that visceral feeling, and like I it's just it's so scary, and I didn't know these things, and I was like, and what is us giving you? Do you do script analysis? And the answer is usually no. <laughs> Mm. Well, let's go back to this whole idea that like there has to be some sort of message that tells you about black trauma if it needs to be a black film, which is freaking stupid. Um, I personally prefer not to be reminded of my culture's trauma when I'm watching films. That's just I mean, that's just the, the type of bitch that I am. Like I said earlier, I like aliens and monsters and I, I want to see shit that I can't see in my day-to-day life. And although Get Out is a huge, huge exaggeration, um, Us is more of, you know, the creepy what-if story that I would like to submerge myself in. Um, it's one of those topics that when I, when I immerse myself in a story like this, then I could just completely forget about all of the microaggressions that are thrown at me on a weekly basis because I could be living in that world and that world is way worse than this world. You know what I'm saying? Um, just more interesting to me personally. Um, I don't think it's any less, you know, air quotes here, art house horror. Uh, there is still shit to be picked apart here. Um, it's just not as blatant as Get Out is. And I think that Get Out was, even though it was a hard pill to swallow, it was the more obvious pill to swallow, um, which made it digestible for a lot more non-Black people, if you will. Um, nice. But, you know, then there's other people like us who are just like, I want to see my people slaying zombies. Blessed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I know what you're, you're saying. Good. Yeah. But um, I, I, it, it kind of hurts my feelings because when I hear opinions like that, you know, that, and of course, a movie's never going to like really hurt my feelings. Like if you don't like a movie that I love, it's never going to take me that personally. But, you know, you kind of, with this specific discussion, the stakes are really high because we don't have many of these movies to talk about yet. So... I don't want to say it feels like a personal attack, but it can sometimes. Um, and it kind of just sends this subliminal message that like we exist for trauma and we can't just exist to do what everyone else does in fiction. It has to have some ties to trauma. It has to make you feel good about yourself. It can't just be a crazy situation that doesn't involve you. 100% that. Because, like, let's be honest. If this movie had 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 been a bunch of white people and slapped A24 on it, people would have gone up for it. But they saw black people in monkey paw, and they were like, I'm going to learn more about racism. And they showed up, and they're like, you didn't spoon feed me the racism tablet where I could easily digest it. I had to, like, look for it and work for it and, like, read a thing. Oh, no, this is trash. And I'm just like, it's not for you, Judith. 
not Judith. <laughs> I didn't understand why people didn't go up for us. Because I was seeing a lot of that, too. Like, I saw that in theaters, just like I did Get Out. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Because, like, um, I don't know if, if what I'm about to say holds true for every horror movie that uses metaphor. But I feel like for this one, it's a great example of you have the choice. You can kind of, like, dig deeper if you choose. But then you don't really have to. You could just watch it and just go along for the ride if that's what you want. And for this one specifically, it could be about race, but it could also be about classism. You know, there can be so many other things that the viewer can take away. So as a result, I thought it would, I don't know. I expected that more people would be more receptive, but it's like Sheree said, I feel like if it was A24 and it was predominantly white, then it would be elevated. Whereas in this case, it was just, I don't know. People didn't like it and they were like dragging it so bad. And it was really brilliant because I think it's rare for a filmmaker to make something so vastly different from their first movie in a way that is like refreshing and new. Um, and he did that in a very short frame of time. And I, I really, I just feel like when it comes to the stuff that he's creating, it's just like, it's, I mean, I, I don't like to say perfect because that's a lot of pressure, but I, I can say it from my perspective. It's just perfect. Like it was a great time. Like Lupita did her damn thing. You know, um, Winston did Killed his damn it. thing. Oh my God. Like, Killed the kids, it. The kids. Killed everybody. it. When will we give Lupita an Oscar for not playing a slave? She turns it out in every fucking movie. Every fucking movie she serves Honey. it to you. And you're like, oh, is she? Oh no, she's got agency in this one. We'll tune in next time. For Holmst. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. She needs all her things. Like We live in a society. Mm. We live in a society. That's just it. It's the tea. <laughs> but, like, uh, back to your point, Ryan, like, people don't know what to do with intersectionality because they're just like, black people are black people. And that's all they know. And so, like, mm. when you, like, fuck around with them and you're like, mm, we can also be this. We can also do that. We can also have these things. We're not all, like, people living, like, <laughs> in this one manner that you see us. Because, like, the white gaze on Blackness is always terrifying. I'm just like, do you, yeah. you clearly don't know any Black people if you think we all live this way and we all talk this way. Because I know you don't talk to your other friends this way, but when you see me, you're like, yes, girl, yes, queen. And I'm like, who Ooh. are you? Offensive. Ooh. Keep the AAV out of your mouth. If like, it has just... a quarter. <laughs> if I had a quarter, <laughs> I would be so freaking rich right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start carrying around a jar. I'm going to have to go back outside. And whenever somebody does something like that to me, I'm going to open it and be like, mm, pay up. Pay me. <laughs> Honestly, pay me can we your please? Way. Because we'd be rich, especially like the places I've been, uh, I've worked at. That whole what's up, son, and all that. I'm like, it's just I, I've never talked to you like that. Why are you coming at me with this? Go watch us. <laughs> and then come talk to me real quick. <laughs> and just understand that middle class black families are extremely common. And I, they're normal. Those exist. And they're just I like didn't... everyone else. Oh my God. Right. That's crazy. Right. That one, that that as a topic really hits me just because I was born and raised in a, a black middle class family and I was uh, raised in also predominantly white spaces, um, which is why I talk the way that I talk, which is completely fine. Um, but I went through grade school like 
my teachers would tell me, oh, you speak so well. And I, you know, I would just like take it like a dumbass and be like, oh, thank you so much. But why wouldn't I talk this way if, if I, you know, I'm a product of my environment. It's not because of any which way. It's just if any other family grew up here too, it would be exactly the same way. So why do you have to greet me with daps? Listen, microaggression Monday. Every fucking time I've had to work in a white space <laughs> or attend school in a white space, and I get hit with, a, "Aren't you happy to be here?" And I'm like, "Actually, I'm not," because people like you, Judith. Um, <laughs> and it's just—it's always—it's this—it's insidious, and it's in the way they talk to us constantly. And yet they go to these movies and they retain nothing, and then they're just like, "Well, yeah. I'm different," and it's like you literally just shouted about McDo's to me. Which I've always thought at McDonald's. I don't know why you had to do that today. Um, and so I've loudly, never even heard that in my life. Listen, never. The bitch, the bitch stopped at my desk and was like, "I'm feeling like I'm craving some McDo's," and I was like, "What? What is that? Do you? I'd call are the you?" Listen. The other person in the room who was also white looked at her and was like, "I think this is a hate crime. I just witnessed. I'm gonna leave the situation." I just like turned <laughs> on the hill and left because <laughs> I was like, "What is happening?" And I was like, "Huh?" And she was like, "McDonald's," and I was like. You could have just said the word. I, you, why are you? I thought that is. I thought you were talking about a new strand of coronavirus chair, but <laughs> the, 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 the thing that you said zero about being a product of the environment—that's that's literally the TLDR of us. It is. We're products of our environment. Homegirl was under the ground eating glass. Or what was all the shit going on with her? I don't even remember. She was eating glass and. Getting massages from Freddy Krueger. It was just awful stuff. Like every time you, every time you sneeze, I anal prolapse. It it like it was like everything was going on. And like, of course, she's messed up. I'd be too. Oh my god! I don't even remember everything, but I remember being in the theater. Like, oh my god. And then the ballet scene at the end, like where they're um, like kind that of like the, hard. Oh, oh my yes, oh, it warms my heart, man. I fucked with that. It was so good. It was so fucking good. It was terrifying and beautiful. Yes, which is art. Like again, like if Jordan Peele was a white man in the seventies doing these kind of movies, people would be like, "He's the best. He's the greatest. Don't you fucking cross him." But he happens to be a black man today, and he's casting black people, and that's why they can be like, "Hmm." No, I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. It's derivative. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think a big piece of it is because the messaging for them, they didn't like this whole like, oh, so, you know, people are just a product of their environment. I, I think that was like weird for them because so many people are casual racists. Like mm -hmm. I, I like that. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is casual racism in some cases. And sometimes it's just overt. But I really feel like when people think that they're, like oh hey what's up son and all i think they think that this is like flattering or this is cool but it's it's awkward it's anything but and it's casually racist and it's something that we need to understand that people are just products of their environment if we're talking at one tone feel me out for who i am first and then if that is how i talk there's nothing wrong with that like there's nothing wrong with people being like you know oh, what's up son or whatever like cool but like for you as a white person to use that type of language because you see the color of my skin is a issue. 
and you don't talk like that. So it's like, even if the person is like, what's up, son? What's you don't have to talk like that. I don't come up talking about raisins and potato salad. I just say, what's up and keep it moving. (laughs) Now, brother ghoulish, (laughs) let's not get rude. (laughs) I'm sorry, but (laughs) I'm just saying. No, you're right. Like, why? Why does code switching exist? Mm. This is the reason why code switching exists. Because you go from one to another. It's it's not it's not really that open invitation to just everyone else assimilates with me as I move around the space. Unfortunately, we live in a society where I have to assimilate myself to be more appropriate. And that's what we're used to. Many of us, I didn't even know. Guys, I didn't even know what code switching was until maybe like four years ago. Wow. I mean, like the term code yeah. switching. It was just like natural. And now when people come up and make these microaggressions, it's super weird because I'm I'm used to having a very strict schedule of I mean, not even a schedule. It just kind of like happens, you know. You're yeah. in an elderly black woman's house, that's ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And like that's that's one of the things that we instinctually know when it is safe to be us and not to be us at an early age, and we don't talk about that um, <laughs> because that makes our people uncomfortable. And so instead, when a kid like mispronounces a word or misreads a word, they want to like come down on them like they're ignorant and they're dumb. When in actuality, they are learning two languages because they're learning who they get to be when they're not in your class and learning who they have to be in your class, and they'll feel safe with your ass. And instead of you being like, "How do I make my students feel comfortable and safe and seen?" You're just like, "It's said this way." This is how you pronounce this. And you're being rude about it instead of teaching. Like, if you don't want to be a teacher, why are you fucking teaching? Like, mm. <laughs> is that simple? I don't teach because I don't have patience for children. So I'm out here yelling nobody's kid. Like, you should follow my lead. Come with me away from the teaching. Um, <laughs> And so I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, it just... You aired that shit out. Me. That is some real stuff right there. It sends me like because I mostly had to work and attend PWIs. This is always a conversation because I was fucking homeschool. I taught myself how to read and I see things. I sound them out in my head and I go about my business. But also I'm from Missouri, so it's not going to be right most of the time. So like if I miss up a word and you go, oh, it's actually said this way. I'm like, thanks. Let's keep it moving. But for white people at the end of their day to be like, it's actually this and lose their shit. I'm like, why are you pissed? Why are you pressed? It is 530. Shouldn't you be leaving? I'm part time. I gotta be here. I gotta be here with you, though. Like, <laughs> you ain't lying, man. But I think, I mean, code switching is so funny. I never really thought about it critically until this moment, which is which I'm embarrassed to admit because, like, it is something I do automatically, especially because I came out very young. Like, I came out at like the age of 16, and so the DC um, like gay community is actually very similar to New York's, which is funny, but like the verbiage and the jargon and stuff. So I was in that environment speaking one way, speaking a different way at home. And then as I started to like work and stuff, speaking that way, and it like I'll say, it's it's almost like a switch. Like it's something I don't think about. Like when I'm comfortable, I'm talking like one way. And then when I'm around certain people, I talk a different way. But I think as I've gotten older, I have like accidentally kind of blended it's just kind of like I talk like I do. And y'all hear it. Like, I mean, because y'all talk to me frequently or like whatever the case may be. Like, I'll say like tea, honey, and all that just because I feel like saying it. It's just part of my vernacular. And then I'll use other like words that are, I think, appropriate. But then if I wanted to turn it all off, which I don't think is necessary, then I, I could do that. I just speak how I speak. And I think that's like the 
that's what a lot of the people who came before us was fighting for, our right to just kind of be ourselves. You know, like, it's not that one way is better than the other, whatever the case may be. They just wanted us to have the option or the choice to be ourselves because we couldn't at first. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a very interesting moment in college. Um, I took a African-American studies class. Um, it was just like a basic intro class. And they were actually, I okay, my college is predominantly Asian um, immigrants, um, all types of Asian, East Asian, South Asian. Um, and so black people were definitely, and white people, definitely a minority. Um, mostly black people in my class, but there was a couple South Asian and white people there and who genuinely wanted to learn, uh, which I always appreciate. Um but we had the discussion about vernacular and there's this new phenomenon going on now. I know everyone's heard about it. Black fishing, right? These yeah. women who they adopt um, uh, culture trends that were born into African-American culture and adopted them as if they were their own. Um, and, and there's, of course, there's a respectful way to do everything. There is a very fine line between appropriation and appreciation, but there is a line and it needs to be respected. Even though it can be kind of a gray area, there is a fucking line there. Excuse my French. Um, And so one thing that hasn't been able to be adapted as easily as like fashion trends um, is vernacular. Because the way that we were taught to speak at home and with our families has rules, And so when I was going through grade school and my teachers were telling me that, you know, I speak so well, the alternative of what they're thinking of is this kind of like black broken English, which is what they think is is what it is. But to black people and my family and my extended family, there are literal like there are grammar rules within that vernacular of English. And if you don't obey those rules correctly, you're going to out yourself as a black fisher so easily. Um, and I never thought about that. So for example, and we watched a video, it got real messy in this class. We were dragging people all over Instagram. Um, this one girl, uh, I don't exactly remember the, the phrase that she said, but mm-hmm. it had something to do with the word B. Um, so like, for example, if I'm saying, you know, I'm in class and it be raining. That means that when I'm in class at this time, it is often raining. But if you switch that around, um, it's it's not going to mean the same thing grammatically. It's not just, I'm just going to throw in a word that's not whatever, and people are going to understand what I mean. There are literal, there's, there's a grammatical code there. And so when, you know, and honest, honestly, unlearning all of this has been really exhausting. I, I feel lucky enough that I've never had to experience like blatant racism, like, ew, you're black, go somewhere. Um, but unlearning all of these microaggressions and all these things that I accepted as compliments for the majority of my life and having to unlearn those and tell myself that that's not okay is exhausting and infuriating because none of you understand. The people that throw things at me, they don't understand that. It's it's not just simple to just, it's not just broken English. It's not that we don't know how to speak English. Um, it's just like, you know, all the bajillion types of French there are. And they can't even understand each other. 
but it's all accurate and it's all legitimate and they all have their own rules. And if you try, if you put one French into a different kind of French, nobody's going to know what you're saying. They're going to know the words, but nobody's going to know what you're saying because there are rules and you do not accept those rules. Um, this was a long tangent, y'all, but Good it has know. been a learning experience. And I'm very grateful for the movie Us for just showing that every, it, like language isn't really a spectrum. I mean, same with Get Out. Get Out did it fine too, but I appreciate Us because it has like the family setting, the at-home setting where, you know, nobody is code switching, nobody's putting on a facade. It's just, they are products of their environment. Um, but everything is learned, but just because it's learned at home doesn't mean that it's not correct. I and just because that. it's not blatant doesn't mean that it's not legitimate. Um, which, you know, falls into that it's not a hard pill to swallow, but it's it's not an obvious pill to swallow, which I think kind of makes it fly over people's heads, I guess. It's disappointing, but uh, we'll get there someday. But I know that Jordan Peele has said that he plans on making horror movies for us. If everyone else wants to enjoy them, that's fucking awesome. Oh, but that's not it. the point here. And that shit resonates with me hard. It really does. Listen, <laughs> I, it makes me think of, it makes me think of in Get Out when Chris would try to talk to the black people who worked for this white family and clearly they were not understanding the culture and the relationship that he. Oh was, yeah. Yeah. He would code switch and they would just not understand the switch, which is red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah. No, which another is another way that people <laughs> it's another way that people who are out here trying to be transracial as they say it, which I also hate that phrase for what they're doing, because like it's you don't have to do all of the oh. isms in one. You can just choose one ism and we can like gang up on you for that. You don't gotta do <laughs> Not all of them. Choose an ism, like shoot a dice. Which ism <laughs> gonna use with? Which one you want? Do that one. Do that one. Focus on that one so we can get oh. you for that one. But they're out here being like, oh, well, it's, I'm just trans racist. I just, I, this is how I identify because just, I had oh a maid. And I'm just like, bitch, no. <laughs> and it always, it always comes across like these characters and get out. Cause he was like, you know, it, it's just always weird. I'm the only one out here. Right. And he's like, I don't know what you mean. Good fellow. <laughs> it's like, that oh. is not Lucky Stanfield. <laughs> and because of that, I, I ruined a movie for myself because a character definitely said something. She said the N-word with a hard R. And I was like, that's not how we talk about that right there in this moment. And so I was like, I got my yeah. eye on her. And then like the movie finished and I was like, I knew it was her. I knew it was her, especially because the shit she was saying was just like not how <laughs> my circles are talking. It's not how we're hanging out. It's not where we're going for fun times. So like she was suspect already. So yeah. Have y'all noticed that the closed captions be doing that on movies too? So like if there's like black characters saying like A, the closed captions will put the ER. And I'm like, y'all know what y'all doing. Y'all get this shit together. See, this is why representation matters on like all ends of the spectrum. You, you can't be having us fucked up like that. Because if we're nope. saying one thing that, ooh, that's a topic. Mm. That's an episode. That is a topic. Same for like, I know this has happened to you guys before. It's definitely happened to me, but like, We'll be watching a show or a movie or something. Clearly, there are white writers, but black characters, and they have them say some things. And it's like, why did they write that for you? The secondhand embarrassment is just like, and I hate that, you know, oftentimes 
they're not in the place to be like, this is not what a black person would sound like. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, every time a black person without hesitation is like, let's call the police. I'm like, no, 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 black people in this writer's room. Cause I hesitate. Like I, the, I had to call the police once in my life. Well, I probably need to call them more than that. <laughs> but there's one time I was like, I really need to call them. Like I, there was no other way, but it was still a conversation I had. And my roommate at the time was white. And she was like, if you want to call them, just call them. Like, you don't understand. Mm. I, mm, it can end badly for me and the people I'm calling them on. And so, like, I just, I don't know. And it's also why, like, Megan Thee Stallion had, like, different feels before she, like, was like, here's what happened in this car. Because, like, yeah. you don't want to be responsible for that. But also, like, you need help. And so, like, the fact that we don't, we don't honor that when we're writing people into these things and treating them like it's just any old day. Like, that's how I know the writers are white. Because I... If I'm hesitating for shit <laughs> that's happening in the apartment next door to me, then like I know that I would hesitate in these scenarios where you're like, oh, we'll just call the cops. It's hunky dory. It's very much those people in Get Out who are not living their truth when that happens. Facts. This got this got long, but I do want to say I love the Twilight Zone. We probably don't have time to talk about it, but I love her. And like two seasons was not enough. <laughs> I feel like there isn't really much to say on it because it is so short. Like, um, and maybe one day, since we had so much fun with this, like we said we would do for the horror comedies, maybe we'll do like a, a another version where we dive deeper into maybe Twilight Zone. I don't know. Like, I'm it might so be- down for that. Okay, or add cool. it to the Nope episode. <gasps> that is brilliant. Nope-sode. And and the Nope episode. <laughs> the Nope episode. The Nope verse. I'll be trying to write this <laughs> stuff down so we don't forget it. Cause I know we have like a our catalog for everyone listening is, is we got some stuff coming for y'all. Just just know Listen. that. And but you're welcome. <laughs> I'm trying to spell nope episode. This is messing my brains up. Nope. Nope. Episode. Nope. Naposity. I think you're gonna you're you have to do hyphens. There's no other way to do it. Nope. Okay. I think uh, it's the right so... yeah. It has yeah. to be on the E between the P and the S, right? Right? Yeah. Like this. Yes. I would yes. show y'all Wait, my handwriting, we... but it looks really have y'all ever seen my handwriting? It's really bad. Oh. That's not as Ooh, bad as an accent. Nope. It's, it. Yeah, that's it. That's the winner. Damn, you like an accent. Let's go. And hey, don't French. talk about my cuticles. I'd be trying to hide my cuticles in my TikToks. I don't know if y'all noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna be looking. I'm no. like, where your fingers at? <laughs> I don't have cuticles, but um, Child I have a lot of yet. things I had before 2016. No, well, 2016 and 2020. I have a lot of things I had before both of those years. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, though. Twilight Zone did the damn thing. It, like, I, I know we don't have time to dig in, but I will just say, like, I don't understand why the reviews were so bad. Because, like, I checked out the reviews before I watched it in preparation for this. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to miss. I don't know. I don't know why I trust a critic nowadays because the shit was banging. Like, no. I mean, it's bomb. People don't I like think to, so too. People don't like to see people of color doing things for themselves. That's why it's called woke, and we throw it away. And I'm just like, mm, look, Phil. I think I hate that <laughs> word so much. Same. It's it's just it's call the N word. Listen, it's code for I saw too many brown Thank people. You. That's what it's become. That's what it's become. I saw yeah. too many brown people, so it's woke. Candyman is woke. I'm trying to tell this woke. Us was too woke, but I love Get Out. I was like, look, feel. <laughs> I'm going to fight you on this timeline. <laughs> if you say woke at me one more time, that's where we're at now. The next person says woke, we're going to have a moment. Look. 
Is it the nope episode or is it the woke episode? I don't know. Oh, oh that's even. Oh, we're gonna do both. <laughs> I mean, we we because both. Yeah, we could do both. Yeah, we got all the, the time in the world. The description: Are you woke? Nope. <laughs> you know what? And on that note, I think it's I think it's time to write down the episode because y'all are on one. Are you woke? <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> Apostrophe. Perfect. <laughs> No pay. Ooh, no pay. Cool. Oh, which is Ooh. funny because we're going to talk about some toupees soon. Um- <laughs> oh, y'all don't want to see oh. my list. My list is nuts. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, about how many people are y'all up to on y'all list? I have about seven, I think. I, I, I need some more, I think. Oh, I don't have as many of you. I think I have like four or five. Four or five? I could I go all day. So I will, I will be the in-between. I'll pull just six. Because I'd be looking at wigs all day, every day when I watch these movies. I'm just like, what is on top of your head? Who did this to you? Are you okay in the there? I know. Y'all, some spoiler of alert for our next episode, okay? Spoiler <laughs> alert. Oh, I was going to... I I can keep this. But I was just going to cut out the parts where we're talking spoiler stuff unless y'all want me to keep oh, it. Oh, okay. That's okay. Do right, what cool, you cool. feel. I'm fine okay. with them. I'm on yeah. wig watch. I'm always on wig watch. So wig watch? <laughs> That is basically what it is. But the funny Welcome thing is, I know our, our new list. segment called Wig Watch. That's our new segment. <laughs> write it down. Write it I... down, ghoulish. <laughs> this movie was banging, but her bangs were not. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's sad because it's real. Not the banging. Not the banging. <laughs> oh, that... oh my god, so good. Why are we fabulous? Right? What are this we? Is... Mm. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> it's just okay. The the meme of the black man, and he's wearing like a blue shirt, and he's standing at the podium. Yeah, it's it's the same guy who he has his phone, and he's like this. Yeah, you know the one of him at the podium. Me when I get the chance to talk about my co-hosts. <laughs> he was proud of shit like he wasn't calling the police on people in that last meme. Listen. <laughs> That's me at Animal Draft Yo, House writing my letter. I'm dead. When um, So when that meme was like super popping and I was traveling with Blurred Con doing like promo at other cons and stuff, like for some reason, like the past three years, like meme cosplays have been like really popular. Mm. And there's always somebody that cosplays as that guy with his phone. And they always come around to the Blurred table with the phone like, hello, police. We've got niggas. <laughs> oh, no, don't do it. <laughs> they deserve an award. Like, I like I like well-done meme um, cosplays. There were some at DragCon when I went up to uh, that for the first time in New York City, and they were pretty funny. Although some of them, uh, we'll talk did about Did you go? Later. What year did you go? Uh, 2017. So the last one they the did before. At the same time. We probably ran into Isn't each other, and at the time we didn't know each other. So, because I was out all, I night. was a whole like, different person. I had hair. It was crazy. <laughs> look at this origin story. <laughs> I look the same. I mean, I think the only thing that was different was, um, um, I don't know. I think I, I think I wore the same shoes I'd be wearing nowadays, and everything. I think I was the same bitch. Like I was I'm wearing screaming. all dark clothing with some J's. I had a fade. Um. Oh no, Yo. I have gauges now. I have gauges now, so that's different. Oh. Hey. 
There's something wrong with me. All right, y'all. That was our Jordan Peele episode. Thank you so much for listening. We had a great time giving y'all the tea and laughing it up. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blurdy Massacre. And let us know, you know, if if there's something that we skip or something you want us to cover, just let us know on social media. And if you're listening to us on Spotify and Apple, please take the time to rate and review. We greatly appreciate it. And until next time, bye.